Mysterious-ish. Contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, let me Mm. take a drink. Hold up. Drink. Sit down. Drink. Stand up. Drink. I don't know. I don't even know if those were the actual lyrics. Me neither, bro. I just know it's... Drink. Drink. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know either because I don't listen to that shit. Alright, so listen. I'm going back to my roots for my next episode. So, so this week, I'm not going to get too dark on you. So okay. next week, next, n- not next week, my next episode is going to be gnarly. <laughs> gnarly. Pretty gnarly. So this week, I'm going to take it easy on you. All right, okay. bet. Okay, okay, okay. So today, we're just going to, we're going to talk about a little, little girl mm-hmm. named Patty Hurst. You ever heard of her? Hurst. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> nope. I didn't think about it like that because it's H-E-R. H e a r s t. Oh, okay. Not, not. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Nope. Different host. <laughs> Different host. Sorry. I was like, why is she getting so upset? Like, is she thinking like hers? I was like, no. It's uh, fine. Okay. Here we go. Beautiful. Patricia Campbell Hurst. <laughs> Patricia. <laughs> That's not me. It's Patricia. <laughs> You know, from Split? <laughs> I should watch that movie. The ending is just really bad. I've never seen that movie, but I know that I've just seen the... Um, 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 preview? Um, I've seen the preview and then the... the, 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 the Meme? Yes. Meme. Patricia Campbell Hurst was born on February 20th, 1954 in San Francisco, California. Her mom is Catherine Wood Campbell and her dad is Randolph Apperson Hurst. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. She is the third of five daughters. Um, her grandpa is actually William Randolph Hearst. And I don't know if you recognize that name because I sure didn't. But he actually created the largest newspaper chain and media company in the world. Hearst Communications. Never heard of it. Also never heard of it. Supposedly he's like a, sorry. a big dude here. So Patricia grew up in... Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I can't not say it. Patricia! She grew up in Hillsboro and went to Crystal Springs School for Girls and the Santa Catalina School. I'm doing great today. It's fine. She briefly attended Menlo College, but transferred to University of California, Berkeley. Casual. So uh, in 1974, Patricia, which I got to stop. I'm going to call her Patricia for the, the... the uh duration of this episode because like she likes to be called patricia instead of patty Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna keep calling her patricia so she was a in 1974 she was a sophomore at berkeley studying art history she lived with her fiance stephen weed in an apartment while patricia's dad was technically an heir to his father's company he was only one of like a couple of heirs so uh, Randolph and Catherine didn't think it necessary to have a security detail for their five daughters. <clears throat> Joke's on them. They should have hired security. <laughs> so in 
So on February 4th of 1974, um, Patricia was abducted from her Berkeley apartment. A group called the Symbionese Liberation Army, or the SLA, were the ones who took her. This group's uh, Wikipedia page was so fucking confusing to me. I kept having to Google certain words, and then I'd have to Google the words in the definition of the previous word that I Googled. So it was a fucking mess. And uh, so bear with me here. I'm going to do my best to explain what the fuck this group is. Beautiful. So the SLA was an American far left group that was active, like far, far left. Like, your girl's a little left. Okay, I'm very left. But like, your girl's a lefter, but also like, they're just... Hold on. So they were active from 1973 to 1975. And this is straight from Wikipedia. Quote, they intended the political symbiosis to encompass the unity of all left-wing struggles, feminist, anti-racist, anti-capitalist, and others. They wanted all races, genders, and ages to fight together in a left-wing united front and to live together peacefully. So that sounds all fine and good, except for these people were not peaceful. They, they murdered people left and right, like constantly were murdering people. Another quote, during its active years, the, mur- the group murdered civilians and police officers, committed armed bank robberies, and attempted bombings, among other violent crimes. Super not peaceful. I was going to say, if that, brings, if that brought them peace. Exactly. Anyways, back to Patricia Hearst. Yeah. Um, so she was kidnapped primarily because she lived near the SLA headquarters. Um, but there, they also had motivation to, uh, you know, get leverage so that they could negotiate a release of two other SLA members who had been arrested for murdering Marcus Foster, who was a black superintendent of Oakland public schools. I thought y'all were anti-racist. You fooled yourselves. You dumb. You fucked up. Anyways. So the state, California, refused to release the two SLA members. So the SLA fired back with, okay, then feed the needy. These motherfuckers demanded that the Hearst family donate $70 worth of food to every needy Californian. Which would uh, be around $400 million. (laughs) I'm going to say. Uh-huh. So Randolph Hearst took out a loan. Took out a loan. And donated $2 million worth of food to her project called People in Need. But weird, the SLA still refused to release Patricia. Weird. So, $2 million is only, like, obviously a fucking fraction of what they wanted. But also, like, $400 million? Sir. In 1974? That's ridiculous. Wait a minute. What? (gasps) What? Well, we're both in the same year. Wow. Look at us. Okay, but the Lady of the Dunes hasn't been dead yet. So, well... No, because we're still in February. Oh. Okay, so Patricia was held for a week in a closet, blindfolded with her hands tied. She was threatened with death multiple times. Um, She was let out for meals, but had to eat blindfolded, which I hate for her. I'm not into it. Mm -mm. I can't even really eat without making a mess with my eyes open. Listen, I need to look at my food before I eat it. Same. Like... I need to see what's going in my mouth because if I do not like that, what? Mm. I have to pick at my food, all right? Yes. That's like, what I'm saying. So, like, if you... Okay, I can't be the only person that does this. And maybe it's just my ADHD or whatever. Oh, God, but, like, please tell me. Listen, whenever we have, like, like a, a medley of something. So, like, um, sausage, green beans, and potatoes. Every bite has to have one of everything. Yes. I fucking can't just eat the sausage or the green beans or the yes. potatoes in yes. a bite. 
every single bite has to have one of everything. Yes, I can't ma'am. help it. Same. Can't, or I can't eat it. Same. So how the fuck am I supposed to eat blindfolded if you give me sausage, green beans, and potatoes? Yeah. Or chili? Your girl can't fucking stand kidney beans. I have to pick out my kidney beans. Just kidney beans? I don't like beans. I'm not into it. I like I green beans. beans. I like green beans and I like baked beans, but, but kidney beans have like a like a a texture that I don't like. Mm. I can't explain it. It's just like because they're like crunchy and then they're mushy. Blech. It just blech. No. it just grosses me out. I, I get it. I'm a big it. texture person. It overstimulates my mouth. I can't. I can't handle it. I get it. Overstimulates my mouth. Well, put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, beans. Okay, so she had to you eat. should make like a food restaurant, and then that should be your logo. Overstimulate my mouth. Okay, you said uh, blindfolded for meals. Yes, 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 yes. Um, she was given a flashlight for reading. So that this doesn't this didn't make any sense to me because she was blindfolded, but then she was given a flashlight to read whatever. So, uh, but she, the only thing she was allowed to read, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm in a real chaotic mood today. <laughs> Yes, please just shine the flashlight on your SLA propaganda material. And then and then also just not read because you're fucking blindfolded, sir. Sir, how does that even work? Anyways, so she was given a flashlight to read and was also only given SLA propaganda. And she had to memorize it. So she was then told that she could either join them or be killed. So on April 3rd, 1974... Uh, Hearst released an audio tape where she stated that she wanted, wanted, quote unquote, to join the SLA and fight with them. Mm-hmm. She said that she had taken the name Tanya, but it's spelled T-A-N-I-A, but it's pronounced Tanya. So anyways, so just 12 days later on April 15th, Hearst was caught on surveillance video during an armed bank robbery. She, along with other members of the SLA, was carrying a rifle and uh, yelling at bank patrons, I'm Tanya, up, up, up against the wall, motherfuckers. Oh, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Two male patrons entered the bank while the robbery was in progress and they were shot and wounded. The SLA made off with more than $10,000, which in 1970, oh wait, 1962, it was over a hundred thousand so in 1974 it was probably about seventy five thousand, give or take so like that's a lot of fucking money Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. following this incident patricia hurst was no longer thought of as a kidnapping victim um attorney general william b saxby said i don't fucking know how to say it that's a cool last name though i want it um so saxby said that hurst was now a quote common criminal and not a reluctant participant in the bank robbery then california prosecutor james l browning jr why do you have so many fucking syllables said that hearst was more than likely a voluntary participant in the robbery which contradicted a previous statement that he made about the potential that hearst was coerced into participating so the attorney general is like She's now just a common criminal. And then the prosecutor, James L. Browning Jr., is like, oh, well, she's voluntary, but also she was probably coerced. Like, can y'all make up your fucking minds, please? She's also, keep in mind that she was literally a victim. Like, come on. Yeah, I would do anything to stay alive. Same. Same. Like, come on. And we'll get to, we'll get to what they think later. So this is like a multifaceted case because there's like 
the kidnapping and then there's like the bank robberies and there's more crimes and then there's like the the reason why it's thought that patricia hurst went along with all of their it's this is this is a wild case okay i'm ready on i'm nowhere near done (laughs) on may 16th 1974 william and emily harris who were married but they were also members of the sla they went shopping quote shopping at mel's sporting goods store emily made some purchases while uh william tried to steal a bandolier which is basically an ammo holster that goes across your chest you know what i mean Mm. like an ammo belt that goes across your chest um so when confronted william pulled out a pistol squilliam yeah yeah this guy sucks so the employee uh knocked the the gun out of william's hand and handcuffed his left wrist Patricia Hurst, who was sitting outside of the, the the store acting as the lookout, began shooting the store's overhead sign. So everyone in the store took cover against the shots, except uh, William and Emily, who were able to escape. Sorry if you can hear my dog barking. Just pretty typical day in the Anderson household. They abandoned, so William, Emily, and... Patricia abandoned their getaway vehicle, but a police examination revealed a parking ticket with an address on it. <laughs> Typical dumb criminal bullshit. Um, so this this address was the SLA's new safe house. Mm. Real fucking stupid. Of course, the media then began covering the shooting, which led to the SLA abandoning the safe house. So then they took over another civilian's house just like walked in and were like this is mine now bitch like gta style and then um a neighbor of the the civilian whose house they took over called the police okay very confusing so sorry so here's a quote from wikipedia quote that afternoon more than 400 lapd officers under the command of captain mervyn king along with fbi agents los angeles county sheriff's department California Highway Patrol and Los Angeles Fire Department surrounded the neighborhood. The leader of a SWAT team used a bullhorn to announce occupants of 1466 East 54th Street. This is the Los Angeles Police Department speaking. Come out with your hands up. They did not come out with their hands up. So after multiple attempts to get the people out of the house, the SWAT team fired tear gas into the house and were met with gunfire Ooh, from the SLA. No. So a shootout ensued. And uh, during said shootout, police fired more tear gas canisters into the house to attempt to force the SLA out. After about two hours of a shootout, the house caught fire. They were shooting two back and forth. For two hours did they at least stop for a snack i mean uh, no dude like no snacks no snacks we don't shoot out time no <laughs> snacks and this is why me and erica could never ever 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 be anything <laughs> any no jobs we just need snacks constantly yeah. can't work so sorry. i went af- after about 30 minutes i'd be like man this shit's hide behind a door or something <laughs> can you imagine the fucking trigger finger you would get after that <gasps> yeah you're like Shit would like lock up and you'd go home like this. <laughs> Honey, I can't remove my gun. <laughs> That's that would be so bad. Oh shit. Oh Jesus. Okay, so two hours after two hours of shooting each other back and forth, um, the house caught fire. 
And during this fire, two women went out the back door and one came around or came out the front. So all three were arrested, but none of them were SLA members. So they were probably like people that were like in the house and then just got caught in the literal caught in the crossfires. Right. That fucking sucks. But then two SLA members did come out of the house. Nancy Ling Perry and Camilla Hall. Hall was shooting at the police. So they shot her in the head. Ooh. And Perry was also shooting at at them, so they shot her twice. Angela Atwood, who is another SLA member, grabbed Perry's body and pulled her back inside the house. Altogether, six SLA members died in the shootout, whether from gunshot wounds, burns, or smoke inhalation. This included the leader, who was named um, Donald DeFries, and he died by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, Patricia Soltisic. Fuck, I meant to Google how to say that. Sorry. Soltisic. Soltisic. Sorry. Nancy Ling Perry, Camilla Hall, Angela Atwood, and Willie Wolf. Um, the whole time, Patricia Hurst, William, and, and William and Emily Harris were watching from their TV in a hotel room. It was, however, thought that Patricia Hurst had also died during the siege. So, like, her family was probably, like, watching the news, like, Shit, I'm watching my daughter die. Mm. Which sucks. So our three remaining SLA members, including Patricia Hurst, then went to a Berkeley rally to commemorate the deaths of their their friends. Um, Here, they recruited more members, (laughs) including Wendy Yoshimura, brother and sister Stephen Kathleen Solia, and and Kathleen's boyfriend James Kilgore, and Michael Borton. So the new members of the SLA headed up by the Harrises. So now they're being led by uh, William and Emily Harris. Um, They robbed another bank on April 21st, 1975. Beautiful. So now Patricia has been a captive for more than a year. Um, During this bank robbery of the Crocker National Bank in Carmichael, California. I can't get past Crocker. First. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but during this bank robber, this is super not funny. So get no. your giggles out. Ah! Uh, Emily Harris, quote, accidentally shot and killed a mother of four named Myrna Lee Opsel. How do you accidentally shoot and kill someone? You don't. Just like if you're going to be waving a gun around, you should probably know how to use it. Like, come on. So according to FBI.gov. Hearst and the Harrises were traveling around the country to avoid capture. However, on September 18th, 1975, Hearst, Yoshimura, and the Harrises were arrested in San Francisco. While being booked into jail, Patricia Hearst told her attorney to relay the following message. Quote, Tell everybody that I'm smiling, that I feel free and strong, and I send my greetings and love to all the sisters and brothers out there. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, there were thoughts that Patricia had been brainwashed by her captors, obviously. Um, there's a, a coping mechanism that the body uses. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And basically, someone can develop positive feelings toward their abusers or abductors. Um, this can take place in a number of different kinds of relationships, including abusive parents, abusive intimate partners, sex traffickers, like pretty much any relationship where a person needs to cope with being abused by another. So a lot of people thought that Patricia Hurst was a victim of Stockholm Syndrome. Um, Before she was kidnapped, she weighed 110 pounds. 
upon her arrest, she was only 87 pounds. Bruh. My dog almost weighs as much as her. Like, girl. So her IQ was measured at 112, but it had previously been about 130. Uh, She could barely remember her life before she had been abducted. And she was only, like, gone for only gone for a year um but she was smoking heavily and she had nightmares and uh i mean regardless of all of this hearst would have to be tried for the crimes she committed well partnered with the sla partnered quote unquote with the sla so unfortunately for hearst a brainwashing defense had never been done in you know the court of anything so She uh, didn't technically have a mental illness, so she couldn't plead insanity because um, she would be considered fully responsible for any and all criminal actions that were taken, even though she was, you know, an abduction victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, She spent a few weeks in custody and was advised by her lawyer not to speak to anyone. Um, Her first attorney wanted to try a defense of involuntary intoxication. So basically that she was drugged and convinced to do things, do these things because her judgment was affected. Um, However, this attorney was replaced by F. Lee Bailey, who uh, wanted a defense of coercion or duress affecting intent at the time of the crimes. Whew, that's a lot of words. Honestly, I think either could work. I mean, granted, there is really like no way to prove that she was drugged Mm -hmm. during her time. So I guess the second one makes more sense. But like... Either she was like, come on, she never committed a single crime until she was committed or until she was abducted by these people. Yeah. Come on. You can't tell me that this is in her nature. Like, so the trial for the first bank robbery began on January 15th, 1976. The judge, Oliver Jesse Carter, ruled that Patricia Hurst's tapes, taped and written statements after the bank robbery were not coerced. Um, He didn't let any experts testify that the Tanya statements were not composed by Hearst. Um, The prosecution was allowed to bring up things that Hearst did and said after the bank robbery as evidence of her state of mind during the bank robbery, which, like, that's not how that works. (laughs) That's not... You can't take things... You can't take my state of mind today Mm -hmm. to determine what my state of mind was yesterday because they've they're very different you know what i mean like you right. can't that's not that's not how that works um so they were also allowed like the prosecution was also allowed to play a recording of a visit between hearst and a friend while she was in in prison in jail before her trial in this recording hearst spoke hearst spoke of her radical and feminist beliefs however the defense was not allowed to play the tapes of Hearst's interviews with psych- psychiatrists who could have proven that mentally she's not well. Mentally, she is like fucked up from being held captive for a year mm-hmm. and forced to do all these just I ah. also the fucking judge was sleeping during defense testimony. So like, sir, can you do your job and like pay attention, like keep your fucking eyes open, like learn to sleep with your eyes open. Do your job, sir. Yes. Please don't sleep on the job. Um, Patricia testified that her captors required her to be enthusiastic during the robbery and that she was threatened with death if she didn't do as they said. 
Uh, her attorney even provided photos of Camilla Hall and other SLA members pointing guns at Hearst during the robbery, insinuating that they would have killed her on the spot had she said or done anything that they did not approve of. So a prosecution expert said that Hearst was, quote, a rebel in search of a cause and that she was acting on her own volition. Um, Patricia was assessed by a prosecution psychiatrist as not being in fear of her life or great bodily injury during the robbery. He said that she was amoral and was not, in fact, raped by DeFreeze or Wolf, as she had claimed. So he's just, like, victim-blaming all over the fucking place, and he's a piece of shit. So, fuck Mm. this gay. Fuck the prosecution! Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Usually not fuck the prosecution, but this time, fuck the prosecution. And also, in the West Memphis 3 case, fuck the prosecution. Yeah. Case closed. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Um, the prosecution's closing arguments didn't acknowledge, didn't even acknowledge that Patricia had been a kidnapping victim, and they suggested that Hearst willingly participated in the bank robbery. Um, they also said that because the SLA were such um, big feminists that they wouldn't have allowed Hearst to be raped, and that her relationships with Wolf and DeFreeze were completely consensual. Mm-hmm. But, the, but here, here's, here's the thing. They also claimed to be anti-racist, but 95% of the group were white. And they also were convicted of killing a black man. So, Mm. like, grain of salt. Mm. The defense's closing arguments were, quote, but simple application of the rules, I think, will yeed, yeed, yeed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Simple application of the rules, I think, will yield one decent result. And that is... There is not anything close to proof beyond a reasonable doubt that Patty Hearst wanted to be a bank robber. What you know and you know in your hearts to be true is beyond dispute. There was talk about her dying and she wanted to survive. But Hearst later expressed disappointment in Bailey, comparing him to someone with a hangover, spilling water down the front of his pants and making a disjointed closing argument. Sorry, statement, whatever. On March 20th, 1976, Hearst was convicted of bank robbery and using a firearm during the commission of a felony. She was given the maximum sentence of possible of 35 years in prison, but Judge Carter ended up passing away on June 14th, 1976, before the actual sentencing hearing. So her new judge, William H. Oreck Jr., gave Hearst seven years imprisonment saying, quote, rebellious young people who, for whatever reason, become revolutionaries and voluntarily commit criminal acts will be punished. But also, she was a fucking victim and was coerced. So, Um, Hearst suffered a number of medical issues in prison, including a collapsed lung, which prevented her from testifying in the Harris's case on 11 charges, including robbery, kidnapping, and assault. Um, She was also in solitary for security reasons and was granted bail for an appeal hearing in November 1976. Sorry. So while she was out on bail, her father hired dozens of bodyguards for her. She was given probation for the sporting goods store incident. Um, Patricia's, Patricia's, fuck me. Patricia's appeals failed in May of 1978 and she was sent back to prison. Um, No precautions were taken to protect Patricia until she found a dead rat 
on her bed the day that the Harrises were arraigned for her abduction. The Harrises were convicted on a simple kidnapping charge as opposed to the more serious kidnapping for ransom or kidnapping with bodily injury. They served eight years. Mm. One more year than Patricia served for bank robbery. They served eight years for abduction. Okay. Cool. So um, this is straight from Wikipedia because I won't get the same effect if I reword it. So, quote, Representative Leo Ryan was collecting signatures on a petition for Hearst's release several weeks before he was murdered while visiting the Jonestown settlement in Guyana. Actor John Wayne spoke after the Jonestown cult deaths, pointing out that people had accepted that Jim Jones had brainwashed 900 individuals into mass suicide, but would not accept that the Symbionese Liberation Army could have brainwashed and a kidnapped teenage girl. Seems so impossible. like the, the, the um, representative, that's not the word I'm thinking of. The politician, Leo Ryan, who literally went to the, the, jonestown settlement in guyana and would later be killed there was literally like petitioning to get hearst released Mm -hmm. and then john wayne was like this one single dude can convince 900 people to kill themselves but you guys can't believe that this this group of like it was at one point there were like 12 members Mm mm-hmm you can't believe that these 12 people could convince this one teenage girl to do these crimes? That doesn't add up. Just one of these things doesn't belong here. Exactly. So President Jimmy Carter ended up commuting Hearst's sentence to the 22 months that she had served at the time. Um, so she would be released, or she was released eight months before she would have been eligible for her first parole hearing. Um, She did have some conditions to her release and the probation sentence for uh, the sporting goods store plea stood. So President Bill fucking Clinton (laughs) pardoned her on January 20th, 2001. His last day in office. (laughs) His last act as president of these United States was to pardon Patricia Hearst. For her crimes oh. that she was coerced into committing. So, like, at least Clinton did one good thing. <clears throat> um, as for the other members of the SLA, um, Kathleen Solia went on the run after being in, being indicted on explosive and conspiracy charges for planting pipe bombs in police cars in retaliation for the 1974 shootout that killed six SLA members. So she moved to Minnesota, married a doctor, and had three children. Beautiful. She also changed her name. Um, She was found and arrested in 1999 because America's Most Wanted received a tip that she was in Minnesota. (laughs) So this bitch has been on the run since 1974-ish, 1976 probably, and... Literally had a whole ass second life that her family, like her husband, had no fucking clue about. And then in 1999, America's Most Wanted airs this like photo of her and everyone's like, oh, shit, dude, that's Sarah Jane Olsen. Like, (laughs) she's in Minnesota. Come get her. We got her. So in 2001, she pleaded guilty to possession of explosives with the intent to murder and was sentenced to Two consecutive terms of 10 years to life. 
which is that's a long time like that's a big gap that's a big gap is it yep yep. okay two consecutive terms so consecutive not concurrent so consecutive is one after another concurrent is at the same time okay does that make sense yes so 20 years yes okay to life to life yep but isn't life just 25 years so I think what that means is that after um, 25 years, you are eligible for parole. I think that's all that means. I'm not sure. Can I tell you something? I really want to know why they came up with their terms because, like, for the longest time, I thought, to, like, a life sentence was... You're going to die there. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's just 25 years. No, it's really fucking stupid. Like, if you're sentenced... That's why, that's why it's possible to get, like... Um, like Ariel Castro, he got like a thousand years, like a life sentence plus a thousand years. Like that's why that's possible. Mm. So like the judge can ensure that they are going to fucking die in there. Right. Okay. Because if you just sentence them to life, they could be out in 25 years. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's real dumb, but everything about the American justice system is dumb. So be true. Here we are. Everything about America is dumb. (laughs) Big facts. (laughs) Um, Kathleen Solia, who was Sarah Jane Olson, the one from Minnesota. Okay. Um, she, uh, was also later charged with first degree murder for the mother of four, Myrna Opsol, Opsol, I'm sorry. Um, along with William and Emily Harris, Michael Borton and James Kilgore. So they were all charged with this murder of this woman. Emily, being the one who fired the gun, was convicted of second-degree murder and given an eight-year sentence and was released in 2007. William was given seven years and was released in 2006. Michael Borton was given six years. um, And Solia, who had changed her name to Sarah Jane Olson, was given six years on top of her previous sentence. So now she's up to, like, 26 years. She was released after six years. Sarah Jane Olson, so... Kathleen, Solia, whatever. Hmm. Solia Olson was released from prison after six years, but it was later discovered to be a clerical error. <laughs> so she was arrested at LAX and sent back to prison for a year. Cool. When she was released, she was allowed to serve her, her parole in St. Paul, Minnesota with her husband and children. Oh. Uh, James Kilgore fled to South Africa in 1975 and was a fugitive there until he was extradited to the United States to face federal explosives and passport fraud charges. He pleaded guilty to the charges in 2003 and he was sentenced to 54 months in prison and was released in 2009. So back to Patricia here. This is my last little bit. Two months after Patricia Hurst got out of prison, she married Bernard Lee Shaw, who was actually her bodyguard while she was out on bail. Um, They had two children together, Jillian and Lydia Hurst Shaw. Patricia was involved in a foundation that helped children who had AIDS, and she has also worked with other charities. In 1981, she released a memoir titled Every Secret Thing that detailed her time with the SLA. The details in this memoir, however, led the authorities considering led to the authorities considering charging her with new charges. Okay. Lay it on me. They never did. Oh. Thank God. Because okay. Jesus Christ, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Um, so she has starred in numerous movies, documentaries, TV specials, TV shows, like mm. she's in she does fucking everything. Right. Um, but she also participates in dog shows. Oh. 
in That's 20 cute. yes it's so cute in 2015 her shih tzu named rocket <laughs> won the toy group at west at the westminster kennel club dog show and then in 2017 her french bulldog named tuggy tuggy <laughs> won best of breed and ruby won best of opposite sex oh so she's just kind of out there living her best life like get a girl yes. you fucking do you get it Patty Hearst, mm, knew mm, it. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's what that's what got for you. Beautiful. Isn't that fucking wild? That was, this yeah. Bitch, she just got, like, abducted from her apartment and then forced to, like, rob banks and kill people. Like, and then she was, like, blamed for it. Yeah. Fucking crazy. In case you can't tell, I'm on Patricia's side. <laughs> I just think, Patricia. like, the way that our brain decides to, like, cope with things. Yeah. You know? Like... Anything can set you off and make you just just survive. Right. It just, yeah, it just sucks because, like, in that situation, yeah, because I feel like it, anybody in that situation would be like, well, I got to do anything to live. Right. And then also, like, you never know if you're going to get let go, so you might as well become one with them. Right. But it's like you don't want to. Exactly. But you got to. you got to do. You got to cope and survive and. I mean, hope for the best one day, I guess. Right, exactly. And look at fucking uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Oh, yeah. That girl, had, that, that girl had a serious case of Stockholm and Munchausen syndrome. Like, and I mean, her mom, like, had her believing, but, like, she was her mom. Mm-hmm. But she still fucking killed her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's her mom. And she still killed her. Like, yeah. your brain will do anything to survive. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Patty Hearst abduct, ab- abducted, adopted these quote-unquote beliefs to be her own because, mm-hmm. like, she needed to survive. Don't right. don't blame her. Just let her be. Just let the girl be. That's fine. Right. That's all I got for you. I'm hungry. Me too. My stomach's growling, so I'm gonna go get a snacky. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye forever. Thank you for listening to Mysterious-ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious-ish-pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.